Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. Oh, hey there. Quick question for you before we dive into the episode. Do you know if your hiring practices are compliant under your state's laws? This is something that I've been talking about on the podcast for the past couple of weeks, and it's something that I'm going to be talking to some of my students about in the next couple of weeks. I've just created a new course called Unfuck Your Hiring, which is going to be a mini course to help you determine what the contractor laws are in your state and how you can properly onboard contractors and subcontractors into your business. So if you're interested in joining the program, it's going to be really short. We're going to go through it in one week, starting the week of Monday, June 26th. It is $100. There's uh, three little modules of course recordings. You can go through those in about an hour, and then we're going to do three live Q&As. So you'll get the Contractor Compliance Framework Training. That's what I've named the framework that I'm teaching to you in the program. And then we will discuss how to properly onboard your contractors, and you will also get a contractor agreement template. So this is the contract you need to send to onboard your contractors. So again, it's $100. It's going to be really, really fun. We already have about five people signed up. Um, I imagine we'll get, you know, a few more. Hopefully you are one of those people. And if you are interested in learning more, you can check it out in the show notes. So hop on over, sign up, and I will see you in class. Well, hello there, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and today I am joined by a very good friend, Denite Burha, owner of the Asmara Agency. Denite is one of my business masterminders, mastermind peers. I don't know how we should yeah. say that, of a small yeah. business mastermind. <laughs> so she gets to hear about all of my problems on a monthly basis, which are many, um, so thank you tonight for that. And also thank you for coming on the podcast. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me, Brayden. I'm really excited to be here and he's exaggerating. It's not, it's not problems. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we all have business struggles, right? We got to help each other out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm it's guessing this is probably the first time you've ever been asked to go on a podcast to talk about contracts. Yes, it is. It, it <laughs> most certainly is. Yes. Yeah. Not your area of expertise, right? So it's like a little bit different, but I find it's a lot, it's a lot more fun to listen to other business owners talk about their contracts than just to like listen to an attorney, like ramble about the legalities of contracts. So thanks for being willing to partake in this discussion. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. It is weird to talk about contracts. Yeah, but it's <laughs> so bit. necessary. <laughs> yes. All right. So to get the ball rolling here, can you tell my audience like what you, what your business is, what you all do for other people? Yeah. So I run a brand and marketing agency, mostly helping people with their brand strategy, which really focuses on their messaging, positioning, making sure that they know how to talk about what it is that they do with their audience so that it actually turns into sales for them. Um, and yeah, so I started that back in 2017 and we've just kind of been chugging along ever since. 
do you also do you also do like web design logo design all that kind of stuff too yeah so we'll do the implementation of the brand strategy once we've done that part i used to just i started off just doing web design and branding and then i was like hmm this is not going this is not going how it should be going um and so i implemented doing brand strategy first and really helping my clients with that aspect, the messaging, positioning, all of those things, which really helped with the website, the branding, because things started to come together more seamlessly and there was more strategy behind what we were doing. And so, um, so yeah, we do that part as well. I feel like, so I feel like the services that you offer to people, I feel like a lot of newer business owners are not really problem aware of what it is that you're offering. Maybe this could just be me. So do you feel like, I, mean, I guess my question is, are most of your clients more experienced business owners who've now had this realization that they need to dial in their messaging? Or are you having to do a lot of education to your potential clients to let them know that that is the best place to start? That's a really, really great question. So that's kind of actually evolved over time. When I first started, I was working with a lot of newer business owners who didn't know, which was why we were having all of those like issues with getting the design or the website to be as converting as it could be or as engaging and compelling as it could be to their audience. So then I was doing a lot of educating, but as I've refined the services and really focused in more on the strategic aspect of website building, I found that my audience has kind of refined itself as well. And now I usually work with business owners who've been in business for a little bit, who already have a service, who've just kind of hit the ground running and thrown all the things at the wall. They're like, some things are working, some things are not, but I'm not really sure, like how do I really start to refine this and turn this into a brand that I can scale in the future? And that's really where people are coming to me. So I'm not, I don't have to do a ton of educating, but sometimes there is a little bit of like, well, why can't we just dive into this? Like, and you're like, yeah. Mm, no. Yeah, I think that, I think it makes a lot of sense because it's like you could work with brand new business owners, right? But unless they're transitioning from another business, I think this is one of those areas. And this is a lot of what I do as well. Like I can, I can, is I can educate people all day long about why they need this in the beginning of their business, but they're not really going to realize it until they have their own like quarter life business crisis and realize that all their branding needs kind of like an update and refresh. Um, and this is the other reason why I was excited to talk to you because you know, if you're like, oh, I do a $500 logo, it's going to take three days. Like that's a very easy contract. Also not a very scalable business model, but um, that's why we're talking about your process is a little bit more robust, which is a little bit more of advanced contract consideration. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I will say that a lot of times you need research for like the strategy part of brand building and you need data. And so newer business owners don't tend to have that. And it makes, it makes it that much harder to actually nail something that will work in terms of like messaging and positioning. If you don't have any people that you've sold to who can tell you like, yeah, this thing is awesome. Or yeah, this thing sucked. And then I'm like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> let's figure out what part of this we can like turn into a brand. Like, um, so yeah, that's also hard for new. Cause they're like, I don't know. I'm like, so what do people, I don't know. It's like, okay, that's <laughs> not that is not going to get us anywhere. So yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if we have anyone listening to this and you're a brand new business owner, I would say, don't stress. You're going to kind of like find your messaging as you go. And then eventually you're going to hire someone like tonight to help you really dial it in. This is what we're kind of working on, like in the mastermind, right? We've been talking a lot about this with my personal business. So all good stuff. Yeah. 
we could have a whole different podcast on that, except not really, because I don't teach marketing, but probably you talk about that on a lot of other people's podcasts. People should go listen yeah. to those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. If you want, you can send us some links. We'll put them in the show notes. If people want to learn more about what you actually do, of course, we'll include links to tonight's social profiles and website and all of that. Um, you don't have your own podcast though, right? No. Okay. So if we want, we can send people to some of the fav- your favorite interviews that you've been a part of on other people's podcasts. I think you're probably doing it the right way, by the way. <laughs> Running a podcast is a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about a little bit about what your contract was like when you got started in business. So you said you started in 2017. You were doing mostly logo design, web design. Did you have a contract? What did it look like? Yeah, I did have a contract and it was it was bare bones, people. It was bare bones, okay? <laughs> I was just like, I was looking through and like preparing for this conversation. I was looking through some of my old contracts, like my first ones, and there was sections in there that talked about like when to give feedback, but it just said time in a timely manner. That doesn't mean anything. Who knows what a timely manner is? Yeah. <laughs> That's up for interpretation by anyone. So there were, it really was just in when I was sending out proposals during when I first got started, I wasn't really being super clear about how, um, how many pages, like I would put the pages of a website on there, but it wasn't clear, like what constituted a website page? Like, what does that even mean? Um, because the person who's hiring me doesn't know what a page, like a regular website page is compared to like a sales page or something like that. So my proposals were also not very um, detailed, which also resulted in my contract not being very detailed because I was just putting in, you know, you're going to work with me on a five page website. Okay, great. Like, what does that even, what does that even mean? <laughs> That's a good distinction because whenever I have like, and I help obviously draft these contracts, right? I have templates, but whenever I talk to designers, I always think in the back of my mind, I'm never going to be able to afford to hire one of you because you all specify five pages in between my landing pages thank you pages, sales pages. I have like, I think over a hundred pages on my Kajabi website, but a lot of them are like cloned templates. Right. So I have, I have like 15 different freebies. They're all, you know, it was like one freebie page. It's been cloned, but still I would imagine that when you send out your offer, it's like, you know, we're going to create these pages and then maybe you can, you can do like a template for, you know, but you're also, you mostly work with service providers. Right. So that's a little bit different. They don't need us crazy as of a website typically? Yes, I have worked with um, people who have programs and courses as well, and even with them. So that's a good point that you make because for me, I define the website pages as like custom, any page that I'm like custom designing from scratch would be that. So then if we're going to copy one as like your landing page, that would count as one of your pages, but the additional pages we copy and just switch out the images for would be like, that wouldn't cost as much as like a full page. Does that make sense? So, yes. so yeah, at, that, copying, at, that point, the- <laughs> at that point, I would just like record a tutorial video and it's like, here's how you clone it. Here's how you edit it. Send this video to your VA. They can make all the, all the additional pages. <laughs> Yes, which is what most people prefer to do. But if they don't, I'm not charging you the same price because I've already designed the page. I'm now just like clicking duplicate and changing out. And so then I just, we charge differently for that. But now I do 
typically the standard is like eight pages is what we start with because most people have more than that was when I was getting started. I was like five pages, that's great. And then I was like, no, there's people need more, but like eight pages is the standard and most people can deal with eight pages. Um, so yeah. You, in your contract, do you specify what all can go in a page? Because I have like on my website, for example, I no longer have an about me page. Like that's all on the bottom of my homepage. So it's like, if someone wanted to be like a real trickster and it could be like, no, I just want one really, really long homepage. Like, do you have any limitation for that? Yeah. So, um, that is what has like over time I've had to refine that. And because there have been times where I'm doing a website, they send me over like the copy if they're not working with our team copywriter and they have someone that they're already working with. And one of the pages will be a super, super long, like sales page. And it has, you know, 14 plus sections to this page. And that's completely different than designing a regular services page or an about page. And so really I define how many sections, like a page typically, like a typical website page, how many sections is that usually, and then anything above those sections. So someone wants a really long, like homepage that would be priced similar to a sales page and not just like a regular page, but that's something I've had to do over time because I'm like, wait, this is like a 22 section <laughs> page. Like, great. This is awesome. And it just takes more time. It just takes more time, more strategy to like turn this into a page that flows really well over 22 different sections. Like it just takes a lot more like <laughs> brain power to do that. And so I've had those situations where I'm like, oh, now I'm locked into, and those pages typically take like three times the amount of times it takes to design one page. So now I'm in that situation where it's like, oh wait, I have to, this counts as one of their pages and I didn't specify. And so I'm like <laughs> doing like, you know, what's equivalent to like four additional pages Smart. without being compensated for it, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about like when you're getting started with your clients, I'm assuming at this point you have a fairly productized service, like a pretty standard process that you take most of your clients through. Like you talked about how you start with the messaging. Do you have that outlined in your proposal or is it outlined in your contract? Like, do you have a, like a kind of like a timeline that they go through? Yeah, so that's outlined in the proposal and I use um, Dubsado. So it'll be outlined in the proposal. I now outline timelines in proposals just to make it clear like, hey, if this is the start date you want, because I ask people what start date when they typically wanna start um, when we're on the sales call. Um, and so when I send out that proposal, I'm specifying like, this is what the typical timeline will look like um, so that everyone is on the same page from the proposal. So if someone has questions at that stage, they can say, oh, well, we need this to be done faster. And then I can have the conversation of like, hey, well, that would be atypical to our <laughs> standard timeline. And so that would change the pricing or that would change whatever, right? So everything is super clear in my proposals at this point. And then I'm able to move it over really seamlessly into the contract. And yes, I specify timeline. I specify project scope, um, sp uh, scope. I specify, you know, when people need to give me feedback by like so many things. And the proposal is not as detailed as the contract, but a lot of those things are already in there so that they can see what it will kind of look like to work together. Um, and then the contract is like super, super, um, detailed in terms of what I need from them and what I'm going to, what I'm committing to as well as the service provider. So when you, when you say you incorporate the proposal into the contract, are you 
copying and pasting all of the scope of services into the contract or do you just incorporate it by reference? Yeah, so I know it's like copy, it's like copied in there. So, um, so uh, Dubsado will pull it in. And because my proposal is like, I do like line item, like five pages and like explain what that five page means, it all pulls into the contract. And then anything that I need to specify or clarify in the contract, I'll do that because it's all copied in. I do not just reference the proposal because the proposal can be like changed or we can add like things to the proposal and then it's not getting added to the contract automatically. So I'll always do that. And then if there is a change, let's say like someone's like, oh, we actually need three more pages to our website. That's all something that I specify. Like if there's a change, I will send you an additional proposal along with an amended contract that says like, we're now adding in these things. This is how the timeline is changing, all of those things. I just like to be super clear because I wasn't when I first got started and it caused me a lot of headaches and also probably um, my clients some headaches when I was just like figuring things out in the very beginning. And so, um, so yeah, I like to just be like super clear. Everybody's yeah, clarity, on the same page. Like clarity is key when it comes to contracts. It's like the number one thing. As you're talking about this, it reminds me, one thing I always like to bring up is something called an entire agreement clause. So when tonight's talking about moving everything from the scope of services to the contract, this is a good example of why we have this clause. It's called an entire agreement clause. And all it really says is only what's in the contract is part of the contract. That sounds like a really stupid sentence, but this is to protect you if the client's like, oh, well, you said that thing in the proposal and like you forgot to put it in the contract or you agreed in this email chain that you were going to, you know, do me like give me seven pages, even though you normally only do five. And the clause basically says, no ho, like it's not, like it's not, like, I shouldn't use the word ho on my podcast, but no lady, no person, like it's, it's not happening. It's not in the contract. Like I, it may have been my mistake for not putting it in the contract, but I didn't put it in there. You read it, you agreed to it. This is our agreement. This is another good tip. Okay. Yeah. Um, my own potty mouth guy got me off track a little bit. I like how I'm worried about that when my podcast is called unfuck your biz, but <laughs> Right. Like the right. word ho, the word ho is like a little bit sexist, whereas like fuck is pretty neutral. That's how I feel about it anyway. Okay. So let's, <laughs> let's go back to your original contract. Do you have, I mean, everyone has client horror stories, right? So I'm not sure how, if you just, you know, we all have the clients that like, don't really respond to emails on time. They like ask for more than what they paid for. Like that's all kind of the normal stuff. Have you had anything that's been super outlandish? Um, yes. So one <laughs> You're client... like, yeah, hold on. <laughs> Let's get started. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Um, so I had one client where we were doing um SEO work for um for her. And so it was all going well. We had like talked, we really hit it off and it was great. And she's like, Yeah, I have this one like one website, right? And I was like, okay, cool. How many pages like are on your website? I was just trying to get like an understanding. Um, and so I wrote out this proposal for one brand, right? For one website that we're gonna do all the deep work on, um, do implementation, all of these things of like the SEO stuff that we recommended and the audit and all of that good stuff. Well, turns out that this person had four websites and like, thousands of pages that needed like and it was like but it was all under the same it was all under the same domain so it was just like 
subdomains of that one. And so when I ran like the audit, we're getting started. I see like all these like pages and I'm like, whoa, like this is a lot. And so we have a conversation um, and it ended up being that she had all these websites under one thing. And she was like, oh yeah, I just thought of them all as one. And I'm like, that's not how that works. And, and you also said, this is the number of pages that are on your website. Um, and so she was like trying to get all of these like different brands and different websites done under this like one contract. And that was a time when I was like so grateful that I was like so clear on my contract of what was included and what website was included. But that also made me realize that um, I could have been even more clear in terms of like when doing SEO work, really specifying like the domain name that we're going to be working on and not just saying like XYZ brand website, because that could mean that, you know, all of them, all of them. Wow. And it was not like, and that was, that was a rough time because that ended up being a very, that was a very uh, stressful project, took a very long time. And I had to just project. It was, and I had to like, there was obviously, and I always want to make sure that I'm serving my clients well and trying to resolve any situations before they get like out of hand. So that was a situation where I had to like compromise and meet her in the middle, but it still was like also not great for me because I didn't get compensated for well, that's all also the work I ended up doing, right? Yeah, that's also really shitty. And I feel like it's got to be like mostly intentional because even if you like, right, because even if I said like, oh, it's one website, like I would still tell you, but like I have like these other subdomains and like all together, you know, I've written like 80 blog posts. So I know I have like at least a hundred, probably like 90 pages on my website. And if this person's like, oh, I have eight pages and they've been, you know, like active on the internet and an online business for more years, they, you know, they have more than eight pages. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't even as like, as like, um, as wild as eight pages, I was anticipating like a hundred pages or something because they're <laughs> like, oh yeah, we don't blog a lot. We stopped blogging a few years ago, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it ended up being over like 2000 pages. And I was like, yeah, that's wild. That's where the, that's where the scope of services, especially for something like that SEO work is super, super important. Right. Because if I hired you to do that for my website, I'm like, well, I have I have probably five primary pages, right? That I'm constantly editing that are accessible from my primary domain that people can access, right? But then I have probably 20 blog posts. And if I'm gonna do SEO work, like we'd probably wanna optimize those, right? But then I also have 185 podcast episodes that are each on show notes. And like, do we need to optimize the show notes? Like, I don't know, maybe you would try to sell me on it, but like, that would have to be part of the conversation, right? Like, do we really need to worry about that? And then yeah. like, are we going to SEO optimize all my landing pages, like all that kind of stuff? Like, you know, where does this, it's really clear to determine where the scope's going to end. Yeah. Yes. And that's not like, that's not even a service that I um, offer anymore. And it was a special situation that what this person was like recommended by <laughs> a previous client. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dear, dear God. Um, but because I usually do SEO optimization only for clients who are working with us on web design because I know the number of pages that we're working on. I know yeah. the number of like podcasts or blog pages are being um, are being migrated. And I only now will like update a specific number. So we'll do like 
run your audits and everything and we'll optimize the top 20 blog posts or the top 20 podcast episodes and all your main pages. That is a way more like, and then I'll give you information on how to like optimize the rest of it on your own. But that was, I was also just adding that into my services when I was like getting started. So that was like, yeah, that was a big, that was a big, that was a big life lesson. Not just yeah, I would imagine <laughs> that the SEO stuff is one of those things where it's like pretty easy once you know how to do it, but it's also very tedious, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Like now that I have a system and team members and things like that, it's not, it's not that overwhelming, but then it was like, whoa, it was like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. So we talked about, you said that your contract was pretty simple when you started. Um, It sounds like you made a lot of specifications specifically with regard to scope of services. What other things have you updated in your contract as you've grown? Yeah. So I've updated. um, So my scope of services really defines what they're getting out of the services, but I've also really um, have like a project schedule section that's really detailed in terms of like when the timeline is booked for this project, when I need response from them and when I will respond to them, what happens. This was a huge one. What happens when you don't respond by the specified time like that you're agreeing to within this contract Um, because there's been projects where people don't respond and now this project is like a year in and I'm like, when are we wrapping? when are we going to wrap this up? Um, So, you know, and that happens with like one-on-one services all the time, especially if you don't, if you can't point back and say, Hey, you've agreed to this. Now I have to move you to the back of the line and have that kind of conversation. I didn't have that when I was um, first getting started a really clearly outlined like cost schedule and payment schedule section that in the beginning was just like, this is what the project cost is. And you will pay like, 50% 50% up front, 50% at the end without really specifying what happens if the project is delayed. Like, does your, does your cost schedule like move with your, like, so do I have to wait, you know, a year if you delay the project for me to get the, like the next chunk of your payment or whatever, like all of those things um, have been really clearly outlined. I've also really um, beefed up the section that talks about what we're responsible for in terms of paying for when we're working on website projects and what you're responsible for once the project is over like are you maintaining your website are we maintaining your website which we don't do so that's <laughs> like that's <laughs> just no yeah like make, <laughs> but, sure you, make sure you pay for your domain every year <laughs> like so that clearly outlines that i don't pay for any of those things because i don't want ownership of any of those things either like i'd much rather like you pay for your domain I don't want ownership of that. That's like way too much. That's way way too much responsibility for me. You pay for it and then you'll share like, you know, the info. But anyways, all of that to say, those are big sections that I I've really um had to clearly outline over time. Scope of services, project schedule, costs and fee schedule, um what happens when they want to add things to the project, like a change to the scope of services um section which was not there in the beginning. Um and yeah, like who is responsible for what in terms of brand stuff, website stuff, all the things. Yeah, the addition, additional services is really big for everyone. That's what I call it, the additional services provision. That's really big for everyone, but particularly in design, because, you know, it's 
I, and I'm guilty of this too. I think every business owner is right. Like, especially once you're really, really liking the work that's being done, like, oh, I really, really love this. Like while you're at it, can you make me like matching on brand icons for my Instagram story highlights, right? It's like that kind of little shit pops up all the time, which is why in some cases it's good. I have people just say, you know, like pricing for this will be determined upon request and we'll reach an agreement and I'll send you an addendum. But other times, like for this kind of stuff, it's really, really easy just to have an hourly rate to be like, oh yeah, that's $80 an hour. I can make your stupid icons in an hour. Like, yeah. Put that on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for anything that's already predetermined, like I know an additional page, I know what that would be if it's a standard or if you want like an additional sales page or whatever. So those things are in there so that they know like this is what it will cost um, for things that are kind of not already standard things that I know what they would be that would I obviously have a section that says like if if it's outside of the things listed here yeah <laughs> let me know and you'll get like, a separate quote and, and a new contract for that I like a really big one for me is always like oh sticker mules running a promotion on who the hell knows what this week can you make me a design mock-up real quick for a bumper sticker or a keychain or yeah it could be anything yeah right yes could be could be literally anything and it's always this push pull of the designers like jesus i like stop adding work but like also please for the love of god don't do that yourself on canva and so uh, from the non-designer business owner perspective it's like i'm just i'm just trying i'm just trying to like decide which one of these routes to go down right yes yes <laughs> yes okay <laughs> that totally so, makes sense contract updates Big deal, right? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your onboarding process. That'll be kind of our wrap-up topic here. So you said that you use Dipsado. Please, for the love of God, everyone, use some kind of client management uh, CRM, client relationship management program. I'm an affiliate for both HoneyBook and Dipsado. I've used both of them. I like both of them. A lot of their other competitors are just fine as well. I don't like to get into the weeds about arguing like which one is better. <laughs> they all do like little different things a little bit better than the other one. But um, you do your client onboarding through Dubsado. How do you make sure, I mean, obviously you're probably not, not going to read your contract to your clients. And I doubt that you, like, you probably know that your clients aren't reading through your whole contract, but do you try to draw their attention to like particular, like important areas or what does that look like? Yes. So when um, clients begin to uh, work with me on anything, I will send them a welcome magazine that has some of the um, some of the sections of the contract like reiterated in there. And I also will send it in because I know people aren't like looking at this magazine. They're probably like, oh great, cool. She spent hours doing this, not reading, <laughs> not reading this client magazine. Um, some people will read it like cover to cover. Some people are like, cool, not not gonna pay attention. So which is which I understand and I know. So I'll put it in the email, like by the way, as a reminder. This is like how communication will work. This is the timeline that we have set for this project. Really reiterate. And this is like what we're going to be working on together over the course of the next month, three months, whatever. Um, really outlining so that we all have an understanding of where we're getting started from, where, like what we've all agreed to in terms of like the most important things for me are communication and like being able to get feedback from you in a timely manner because what happens sometimes is, you know, people don't respond in a timely manner, which is outlined, not just timely manner, it is outlined in the contract how many days that is, but then that doesn't happen, right? And then the client comes back and is like, oh, by the way, I need this, 
by, you know, tomorrow. And I'm like, hmm, that's not how that works. <laughs> this is <laughs> literally not how that works. And so I can re reference back and say like, hey, because I didn't get your feedback in this amount of time, as I have mentioned in like previous emails, like we, that's not going to be a timeline that I can meet, but we can do this instead. Um, and so it just keeps everybody on the same page. So yeah, that's exactly, that's what I do. I send out like a welcome magazine that reiterates some of those like really big ones that people tend to forget. Um, and then I will re put it in that like welcome email, which my welcome email is kind of long, but I tell them that it's long and I'm like, this is all the important things you need to know. And at least I have that confidence that like, Hey, I've explained this. I've been very clear and upfront and being that way has, I'm, I wasn't that way when I first got started, I would always get so nervous, but being like, really like, Hey, this is what this looks like. And being very clear because I thought people would be like, Whoa, she's like really mean, but it's not being mean. Like I, I'm always the person who's like, Hey, by the way, also. So I like got myself into a lot of situations where I could have just stood up for myself. Cause I like, you know, um, but now that I'm super clear, my client projects are always so smooth. We always have such like great rapport with each other and it goes so much better because they know exactly what's expected of them, what's expected of me. We're all like on the same page. And so, um, yeah, that's a great question. That's what I do to kind of reiterate some of those, yeah, that's what I, some of those pieces. That's what I tell all my students to do, like in their onboarding process, it's really just setting up expectations. And this is why, like, I have a course on contracts. It's really, I got to work on my own marketing messaging behind that. Cause like, no one wants to take a course on contracts. I get it. It's really like a contract templates bank with training videos. But one thing we talk about is like the client onboarding process, right? So like, I'm not going to teach everyone how to build a 28 step, like automated, automated Dubsado workflow. Like I can refer you to people about that. The main thing is just, how are you communicating with your clients? How are you going to send them your contract? making sure that they understand what the expectations are before they work with you, right? Super, super important. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're going to start to wrap it up. Um, Denite, one of the final questions I always ask my audience I was, uh, or my guests is I tell them that I have a Facebook group called Braden's Besties. I think you're in there. Are you in there? I think so. Okay, if not, we'll get you added. But if everyone wants to become one of Denite's besties, what's the best way for them to do that? Where should they go follow you and check you out? On Instagram, I am usually there all the time. I did take a little summer hiatus for a little bit, but I am back now. So Denite, B-G, D-A-N-A-I-T-B-G on Instagram. And yeah, come say hi, chat with me in DMs, all the things. I, I love love connecting that way. Beautiful. And of course, we will put all of that information in the show notes. Before we say goodbye, I also want to let all of you listeners know that I'm doing some fun contract stuff this month. At the end of the month, we're going to be running a live round of Unfuck Your Contracts. It'll be about three weeks. We're going to go through your client contract, contractor agreements, privacy policies, web terms, all the contracts that you might need. You get templates for all of that. I'll walk you through it. Um, so check my emails that I've been sending if you want more information on how to join. And I also am going to be taking on five one-on-one -on -one custom contract drafting clients this month as well. Not something I've been doing for a little while, but I kind of miss it. It's like kind of fun to actually talk to people in a one-on-one -on -one setting. So message me if you're interested in getting help on your contract, go follow tonight and tonight. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Brayden. And I will say that it is so important to get help with your contracts and to seriously like take Brayden up on this because I would not like, 
I know that I would not have put in all the things in my contracts that I that I do have if I didn't have someone to like look them over and review them and tell me like, hey, you're not being clear. You don't know what you don't know as like a business owner. You think that you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm all good, which is me. And then it was like, also, no, you did not specify anything. They're like, this is all left up to interpretation. And also you don't know what you can enforce, what you can't enforce, all the things. And so definitely take Braden up on his offer because it will save you as a business owner. It will save you so many headaches, so much angst. So many days spent crying on the floor. (laughs) Love that. Yeah, love that additional sales pitch so much. Everyone come get some help. It's going to be great. Um, Let's work on your contracts. Let's unfuck your contracts, as we should say. All right. (laughs) Okay, have a good one. And I will be back with you all next Thursday for another podcast. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.